Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bagel Bites. My name is Robin Nagel, and this is a podcast series where I get to talk about the random things I want to talk about. Uh, today, I'm going to be uh, talking about, uh, I suppose, Gnosticism would be the topic. Um, so recently, I've been just going through uh, one of my study Bibles. Um, when I uh, read the Bible cover to cover, I generally do them in what I call Bible binges. Um, so I take uh, 40 days or less, usually, um, to read the Bible cover to cover, um, just to know that I'm reading it multiple times a year. Uh, but I'll note, or uh, if I'm reading it on my phone, if, if I'm out and about more often, um, then I'll screenshot or um, put sticky notes in my Bible um, to later go in further study. So for me, when I study, um, if I get caught on something, like I'm going to spend hours there, uh, and I won't ever get to uh, the rest of the text. Uh, so for me, uh, the thing that's really worked for me uh, and been a benefit is doing these Bible binges where I just force myself just to read, 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 and don't stop. If I catch anything interesting, I have to save it for later because uh, I'll go on complete tangents. I mean, you hear the tangents I go on when I talk uh, here or in person. Uh, so just think that uh, when I'm reading or thinking, those tangents are uh, exponentially greater um, when I don't have to voice them. Uh, I will go down rabbit trails for life. Um, yeah, so recently I've just been going back uh, through... Uh, I think it was actually three times ago that I made these sticky notes um, in a uh, specific Bible, and I've been going through them and studying them, uh, and that's kind of led to uh, a couple different uh, sparks of topics for this podcast. Um, so the root is in Second uh, John, um, and I'm really just pulling on one verse. Um, so this isn't necessarily a Bible study, but it's a it's kind of like a uh, I don't know expanse to. Um, better understand the historical context of uh, the early church and um, who they were talking about, what people groups, and so on and so forth. Uh, so the verse I'm specifically referencing is 2 John 7, and it says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, people who do not acknowledge Jesus, uh, the Messiah, coming as a human being. Such a person is a deceiver and an anti-Christ or anti-Messiah, depending on your translation. Um, and the reason that verse, uh, kind of stuck out to me originally and, um, why I'm going to talk about it today is because it talks about, uh, this people group that, uh, completely denied Jesus coming as human is the, uh, word and, uh, or coming as a human being. And, uh, that's not talking about, uh, people that disregard the historicity of Jesus as a person, uh, cause this is, we're talking about like no more than two generations uh, after, like we're talking no more than 30 years, most likely, um, post the death of Jesus. Um, so, like, everyone's pretty sure that he was a person um, and, like, that he existed, and that's why this movement has started. Um, no one's arguing that. It hasn't been 2,000 years where people try to argue like, oh, he, he wasn't even like a real thing. Um, that's not what this verse is talking about. It's actually talking about a people group uh, later known as Gnostics um, during the latter half of the first century AD. Um, it kind of, their ideas become more uh, regiment. They have different texts, and I'll go through a couple of them in a moment. Um, but they're 
called uh, the Gnostics. Uh, Gnostics are um, a group of people that essentially, uh, they're kind of like a mystic group. Uh, they believe in um, this special knowledge granted them by um, an almighty deity, essentially. And uh, they are similar to Christians and Jews during the time. Uh, they believe that they are a different sect, essentially. Um, but by the end of the second century AD, um, they're really cast out as heresy uh, by the church, and a number of other things happen. But the uh, point that this verse is making uh, is that he's he came as a human being, and the, these Gnostics disbelieved that. Um, a portion of their belief is that uh, when Jesus died on the cross, that it was like his spirit body. Um, he wasn't actually there. He was like a ghost and um, and uh, just some wild stuff that uh, given uh, a bunch of historical context and obviously better teaching, um, we know today like hearing something like that is ridiculous. Um, but these people genuinely believed it, obviously. That's why they had a, a movement uh, that kind of happened. Um, these are the people that are responsible for the texts like the Gospel of Judas or the uh, Gospel of Thomas, like those types of uh, texts that you hear about. Um, there was a huge resurgence during like the 1940s, 50s-ish, um, when these texts kind of like resurged and people were like, the church, you know, uh, left books out of the Bible and they're, they're taking things from the text uh, we're missing all these things, and there was an uproar about it because people don't understand things, I guess, and that's, I mean, that's how uproars happen, I suppose. That's a complete tangent that I'm not going to try to go on, um, but it, it gained more uh, popularity and awareness um, because we found some of them, obviously, and people started talking about them because they were interesting, um, but again, they're uh, Gnostic texts. They're completely different people group uh they think uh in a completely different way uh, another portion of their belief is that uh uh the god of the bible the one that's revealed essentially uh yahweh um is uh called the demiurge uh, and it's this like maniacal god that creates suffering and um creates the world and because of that uh you know suffering and disease exists but the there's the uh, true uh, almighty God, essentially, that's, like, hidden uh, behind this um, God, and they believe that, like, they receive, like, secret knowledge from uh, this hidden God, and they're, they're not really um, concerned about uh, sin and repentance. They're more concerned about the illusion of the world and enlightenment. Um, there are some people that seem to believe that... Um, Buddhism made its way, obviously, to uh, the Middle East um, in a couple different fashions. People traveled back and forth. Um, it's not 100% historically uh, congruent, but um, it's possible. I mean, the, the thoughts are there, um, and it's obviously an old enough religion that it could have influenced in some way, shape, or form. And there are a couple different um, branches of Gnosticism and uh, this type of mystic knowing type of uh, philosophy that mixed with religion in the 1st and 2nd century AD. Um, that could have been influenced by Buddhism for sure. Um, 
regardless, they do have some similar ideas, but this that's really where the similarities stop, um, is this idea of, like, the world is an illusion, you have to be enlightened, and you have to um, aspire to uh, grasp this uh, secret type of knowledge uh, to live uh, in a peaceful and better way. Uh, that's the, the differences start after that point. Um, but it's possible, I suppose. Um, but the Gnostics uh, had a pretty decent movement. I mean, they drew others to their side with these thoughts of, uh, you know, mystic knowledge and so on and so forth. Um, John's not the only one uh, that really warns people of this. Um, Jude also does. Um, and a portion of that kind of comes from context of family relation. Um, so uh, Jude... Uh, and then also James uh, talks similarly about this, about the these types of people. Um, it comes from that like uh, I always I always read it of them like warning like oh this is uh, dumb don't don't obviously follow these people uh, they're blaspheming they're they're talking about some things that are not correct, um, and we know that these are like their beliefs that I've uh, talked about here, but uh, I always picture them. Uh, like honestly saying um, how dare you talk about my brother that way like they grew up with him well before his ministry like uh, they obviously saw him as a human uh, and uh, ended up believing in him as the messiah later on and so uh, it, it's probably more personal from them you don't get it all from their letter um, but I always have a sense of like uh, you know, how dare you? Why? <laughs> I grew up with him. I, I ate dinner with him every day. Like, we traveled to Jerusalem three times a year together. Um, uh, we learned together. We worked together. Like, all these things, and you dare claim that, you know, he was just like a ghost or something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, so, like, with that uh, historical backing, essentially, on that familial uh, backing, um, it gives those letters a bit more uh, context and a bit more um, emphasis on the warnings against following these deceitful people. Um, but yeah, Gnosticism has uh, always had some type of historical resurgence throughout all the years. Um, you talk about people that like have this secret knowledge that no one's ever heard about. Um, uh, a couple different religious groups have kind of spun out of control because of that. Uh, the 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 idea that you have some sort of like secret knowledge uh, that isn't in the text uh, and it's never been talked about is always my like warning sign for cults. <laughs> like anytime I hear like uh, someone word it as, oh yeah, like I heard this from so-and-so and they they really had this like dream or vision or they they interpret the text differently because they were gifted this new key of knowledge and translations and stuff like that um anytime i hear that coming from anybody i'm just like all right good you're in a cult perfect now i know where this conversation is going um and then and then i can better uh you know prepare myself for those types of conversations um See so yeah, how the the idea, or at least the the emotion or feeling or philosophy behind Gnosticism hasn't really died, even though the early church cast it out as heresy, and 
uh, obviously saw the potential danger to the church, um, which it still is pretty dangerous. Uh, I can name a couple different uh, people groups and uh, religions that do this, um, but I don't really want to get into that type of tangent either. Um, but Gnosticism is pretty dangerous. They obviously deny um, the divinity of Jesus and uh, literally everything that the Gospels talk about. And so uh, the fact that the early church was so aware of this um, meant that it was pretty prevalent um, and the warnings were very valid. And so um, it's good to know that context, that they're not talking about um, people that just don't believe in Jesus because uh, this is still very close to the time that he was walking the earth uh, and ministering and thousands of people met him, saw him in person, um, uh, loads saw him after his resurrection. Like it's during a time where you can't historically um, say that he wasn't uh, real. Uh, but these people uh, kind of had this thought of, um, yeah, of course we can't say that he wasn't real, like people saw him, all this stuff. Um, but apparently uh, they got in their secret knowledge thought of, um, you know, we could say that they are, uh, that Jesus was like a ghost or a spirit that walked amongst men, uh, but didn't really suffer or anything like that. Um, and we all live in this illusion, and, uh, you know, the God that everybody worships is uh, actually benevolent as or evil or uh malevolent is the correct word i figured it out um and that's obviously uh ridiculous uh, and it's um wrong <laughs> uh but yeah uh gnosticism is uh an interesting uh religion uh, if you ever want to read more about it there's obviously a bunch of articles on the internet there's a bunch of books um that's kind of the basis of uh, Gnostic beliefs and the reference of them existing uh, in the Bible um, and it, during the early church. Uh, so yeah, there's a random one for you. As always, I appreciate everybody that listens to this and uh, comments and likes and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'll catch you guys with the next one.